Recorded live. Hi there, it's Reverend Jennifer. Is anybody there yet? It's still early, but... I'm here. Is that Ron? Yes. Hey, Ron. Can I ask a logistic question real quick? Yeah. On July 14th, you said two files have been posted to the group, and I... I go into my group, and I go into files, and I refresh, and I can't find them. Okay. Uh, Helene did that, and I will um, make a note of that and deal with that. Okay, okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> hey, Reverend Jennifer. It's uh, Howard. How you doing? I'm good, Howard. Thank you. I was trying to find that second book. I bought. I ordered Angels, um, but I can't find Stairway, Stairway to Heaven anywhere. Well, I got it at Amazon.com. So. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought you just could buy it from a bookstore, but I'll check that out. Okay. Thank you. You are welcome. So we're coming up to the top of the hour here, and I just had some last-minute calls, people um, signing up from the for the call on Venerable's end, so give them a couple minutes to get in. And... Beautiful day here in Los Angeles. Absolutely gorgeous. And it's going to be nice to be with Venerable after our wonderful time in Vermont so recently. And there were five of us there from Masterful Living. <coughs> Did you bless the ticks? I didn't even think of the ticks. Well, it didn't uh, even occur to me. Why, are the ticks uh, well, special in Vermont? Yeah. You have to bless them. Oh. You just came as a blessing, so they didn't need to be blessed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciated the um, the fireflies and all kinds of creatures there. I saw a white wolf puppy. That was cool. Good evening. Hey, Venerable. How are you? (laughs) I'm very good. How are you this evening? I'm well, thank you. I'm so happy that we have this opportunity to share thoughts and explore the universe. Yes. How wonderful. And to find out how many versions there are of us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so people are just coming on the line, and I had a last-minute sign-up. Uh, so I just took care of her a minute ago. And um, I am going to uh, 
invite people to share where they're calling from and give their name. And I am just going to drop off for a moment while I start the backup recording. All right. All right. So, Ron, why don't you start us off? Hi, Venerable. This is Ron from Los Angeles. Hello, Ron. Glad to be here. I'm glad you're here with us. Isn't it amazing? We are all united in the field of mind, and the telephone makes it more apparent. I know. Go figure. How fabulous. (laughs) Good evening, Venerable. This is Shan from Los Angeles. Oh, good evening, Shan. How are you? Well, thank you. Good. We've got our backup recording going. Ah. So, uh, let's see. I show that it is 6.03, so maybe just give one more minute. Mm-hmm. This is Anybody Gabe else? from L.A. Hey, Gabe. Hello, Gabe. Hi. This is Christina from Los Angeles. Hello, Christina. Hello, thank you. This is Donna from uh, D from Chicago. Hello, Donna. Oh, hello, Venerable. This is Stephanie from Los Angeles. Hello, Stephanie. Hello, thank you. Hello, Reverend Jennifer. Hi, Stephanie. Anybody else want to say hello and say where you're calling from? Hi, this is Pascal from New York. Hello, Pascal. Hi, how are you? I'm well, and you? I'm fine, thank you. Feels like a good time to start. Shall I begin us with a prayer? Yes. So let's all take a breath of gratitude together and be grateful for our life. Just being so grateful that our life is precious and we know it. So grateful to gather together in a sacred circle for a holy purpose. Discovering more about ourselves to love. Discovering more love to share. So grateful and thankful right now to bless our time together and to know that Venerable Dahani is the perfect teacher for us, the perfect combination of love and light and wholeness and harmony that she is representing the perfection of the universe, and we are awakening to that as our true identity. So we're so grateful right now to open our hearts and minds to be awakened, to be alert. We're allowing healing. We're accepting it right now. We're allowing ourselves to live in the openness of perfect love. Yes, we're declaring this is a life-changing moment a heart-changing moment, a mind 
life-altering moment. We are remembering our true selves, and we celebrate that together. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. So it is. Uh, There are very interesting articles that are arising uh, in different scientific journals that are pointing to our DNA as antenna and vibrating between different quantum states is aware of all that is. In a sense, each one has direct access to the sacred. And may this conversation remind you that you are directly related with all that is and that perfection, wisdom, joy, love, and skill is a natural state in which we all live. The topic tonight is one to think of ourselves as existing in multiple universes. And I pray this conversation reveals the power of your word and your vision to work harmoniously with the vast field of energy of the universe, the mystery in which we all live. There is an old saying, uh, it, it states, one should not make commitments they cannot keep, because in making a commitment and not being able or not keeping it, one then has a part of their consciousness off onto another line. And so we learn to think carefully before we uh, make a promise to be sure that we can fulfill the commitment. Because when we start something and don't finish it, it is as though a part of our consciousness has gone off to finish it. In terms of healing psychology modalities, uh, there are modalities that are called soul rescue, where a person may have scattered some of their consciousness uh, at a traumatic point, such as a car accident or any shocking incident. And very often that person is not fully integrated until that part of their consciousness, which has been shaken off, is invited back and integrated with one's field of understanding. So in terms of healing, one way this is done in the Cherokee tradition is with rattles and what we call the healing ceremony. The healing ceremony basically, through the sound of the rattle, quiets the mind and brings an integration of the the brain's hemispheres so that one may observe without moving to or moving from. One observes that time is unfolding with our attention to it. And one also begins to observe that how we look at a matter pretty much shifts that matter into the result that is carried in our view. So the power in each of you 
is all of creation. The very seed of the awakened being is in each of us, and our DNA vibrates with that awareness as well as the a smaller view or the relative view that we consider ourselves in relationship with this world. One way in which our DNA picks up information is uh, through the end, it is vibrating and receiving light. That light is the consciousness of the universe, the mind that unites us all. And this is what truly energizes and vivifies us. And just as we can imagine uh, something of tomorrow and remember yesterday in a, in a way that is an example of how we are in the memory of yesterday and the anticipation of tomorrow. So this is a simple way to consider how we exist in many dimensions and many domains. So Einstein made it clear that the time and our experience of time is relative to where we are and our view. What does that mean? It means that musicians are key to the time signature of the music they are playing. And it also signifies that clocks at different elevations will have a slight difference in time because of the change in gravity. So there is a connection with our minds and gravity. The idea that we exist in many realms has actually been experienced by many mystical cultures. And it is described very beautifully among the Orthodox Christians in the design of a, a star. The star represents 22 dimensions. And in Cherokee teachings, we talk about different heavens. And we may place our attention for the moment on where we're sitting and the sounds in the room. And also, we have awareness of the wind outside, and our body-mind awareness is attuned to the pulsation of the earth. And this pulsation of the earth coordinates our activity with this dimension of 3D and time. So... Many now recognize there is a fifth dimension, and uh, physicists have uh, different ways of describing this fifth dimension. It may be best described in terms of one's spiritual experience. When you're sitting by the sea and the beauty of the waves remind you of the preciousness of life, and perhaps you even hear the longing of every being to return to the shore that is free from illusion. That clear, direct insight, that moment where time stands still and your heart senses the rhythm of every being, the waves, the ocean, the people walking by, and your own pulse, 
those moments are a taste of our fifth dimension of awareness. Many of the native prophecies speak of us moving into the fifth world. In a sense, the very chemistry and the way in which atoms uh, bond with one another is changing. That change is seen through the rays of the sun and new elements appearing from the sun and upon the earth. In particular, the neutrinos that are being emitted by the sun and noticed more recently, uh, beginning in the late 60s, they actually change the decay rate of radioactive isotopes. That is phenomenal because chemical experiments that were done 50 years ago do not necessarily get the same results in this time. So this is a way in which the measuring of science reveals that we are in a process of change. To many Native folks or indigenous folks, this process of change is indicative of our moving into another key, moving into the fifth dimension. The sun is also part of this evolution. And you might say in terms of our physical, mental form, the sun is an expression of our mind of particulars that is connected with all of the forms arising and supporting energy in this realm. So today there was a very large um, projection of energy from the sun, a coronal mass ejection. Unusually, they arise from sunspots. It just arose without the appearance of a sunspot and has touched the earth and is at this very moment creating geomagnetic uh, reverberations like a bell ringing. So it is a very opportune moment for each of us that as those vibrations move through us, we can see with greater transparency the projections of the mind. It becomes clear how certain views, particularly the view of separation or uh, one group being less worthy than another, it becomes apparent that maintaining such views is becoming more tenuous as it is clear that we are all connected. So how are we connected? In the fluid realm, the water within our bodies, particularly the cranial sacral fluid, resonates with the pulse beat of the earth. And the earth herself is resonating with the pulse of the sun, and the sun resonates with the pulse of the black hole that is behind it. And there is energy coming from the fifth dimension that is now expanding the very pattern of understanding and changing the behavior of atoms and how they combine to create matter. So this is an extraordinary time to be alive because the spiritual insight 
of the world's great masters is also becoming more apparent in our hearts. So that taste where all sounds sing as one within and where the waves and the breeze move in perfect synchronicity and where concept of I falls away, that awareness is the taste of the fifth dimension. The sixth dimension, we explain in the family of life teachings, is the consciousness of the ideal, an ideal that holds this dream together because all of us are expressions of light, that light is potential thought, and we have dreamed together the world that we live in. And so as the vision expands and the very um, shape of the universe expands, like a string vibrating, we begin to vibrate in other realms. Uh, from an old story about creation that is told by early Cherokee, calling ourselves Aniyunmiwa at that time, meaning principal people, that this universe is composed of a crystal plate that is supported by four cords. And each of these four cords is composed of seven times seven threads. And each of those threads is also wrapped seven times. And so this crystal plate vibrates, and we vibrate in resonance with it. And there are moments, great moments, when there is excitation of that crystal plate that we come in contact with another universe. And this other universe shares information with us some of which cannot be fully understood. Because in uh, 4D time, space, depth, up, down, breath, we have not yet generated the words to express the meaning of these realms. Uh, some examples have been noted in odd history, where a person is sitting at home, and then in a moment they find themselves in another part of the world, unable to say how they have arrived there. These are examples of someone's consciousness vibrating between realms. In relation to the healing of the body-mind, the gathering of the different aspects of oneself that appear to have jumped away is an integration of one's multidimensional awareness. For example, when someone has had a car accident, they might find themselves shocked and a part of their consciousness may remain in that place because it has leapt off. And so to gather that consciousness 
uh, back into the field of total awareness and to heal what appears as a wound, one makes an invitation first to forgive and to energize one's own wellness. You forgive what was the shock and you energize that seed of awakened consciousness which is continuously echoing in the vibrating field of one's DNA. How is this so? DNA can discern between two quantum states. Research shows this. Science Daily on June 4th began to ask the question, do the principles of quantum mechanics apply to biological systems? And it becomes clear that quantum systems and biological molecules appear to be like apples and oranges, yet research conducted together with scientists in Germany appears that a biological molecule, DNA, can discern between quantum states known as spin. This idea of spin in terms of the mystic is very important because in uh, many sacred cultures, dance, and particularly turning, spinning in the dance, such as the Sufis and many Native American dances. By turning in the dance, one begins to change the spin of the electrons within their own system, thus accessing a broader view. So quantum phenomena is generally agreed to take place in extremely tiny systems, single atoms, or very small molecules. The idea of the small molecules can be us, human beings in a large field. There are moments, energies that inspire us and reveal that we exist in many dimensions. So there are many ideas about what these dimensions mean. Some mathematicians say there are 11 dimensions, others 22, and now there are some who are considering there may be an infinite number of dimensions. Something interesting about this quantum phenomena is that when one attempts to observe it, it may quiet. When one is flowing with it, it is revealed. So again, we see the significance of spiritual practice. So the water within our own bodies and the molecules of water and the very atoms and photons of which the water is composed also vibrate with the field of mind. And when we apply the medicine of appreciation for water, the water within our own bodies becomes more soluble and we are 
better able to receive the blessings, as many Native people say, of the original instructions. So these original instructions are not outside of us, nor is what is holy outside of us. All of this is contained within each and every being. So the concept of existing in many dimensions is first understood in terms of today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Then there is the awareness of time standing still and the recognition of many things occurring at once or may be experienced as a deja vu moment where I noticed this before because the energy wave of those possibilities have been ringing through the field and occasionally one gets a view. So in Buddhism, we are taught that it is wise to stabilize our mind and our emotions so that we energize the realization of that natural wisdom state. So how is this done? It's done first by pacifying. What is it there to pacify? To pacify the dissonance of feeling separated from the whole and to purify our speech, our action, our view so that we may see clearly that all wonders of the universe are a projection of mind, similar to the idea of some scientists who propose that it is a holographic universe. When we consider the idea of a holographic universe, it becomes more easily understood how one can exist in many realms. So here we are sitting on Earth and there is a aspect of our being that is more gaseous in its form. And we ourselves are as vast as the nebula. And with this quiet awareness and the understanding of the sound wave that moves the ripples of potential into revealing such potential. Understanding this, we can see how the concept of gravity waves becomes the means of universes touching and meeting. So as you sit here now, you also exist as a vast and glorious being. And you also are a quiet pool of immeasurable potential. And through the power of speech, the power of thought, we set into motion that which appears around us. Yet as the Mayans would say, it is a dream. It is a projection of our minds. So in the ultimate sense, we are all one. And in the relative sense, when you stub your toe, it hurts. And so it is just as important to be mindful 
of our activities in the world as it is to recognize the sacred within us and our own inseparability from that sacredness. And one of the teachings of Guru Padmasambhava, it is in the text called Natural Liberation, he only mentions it once. He refers to a crystal blue kirti. And this, in a sense, is that seed of awakened mind in every being. In the DNA, in the hollow places, that very seed of awakened mind is there within the very heart of every being. That seed of awakened mind is present. It is where we place our attention that determines one's awareness. And so one exercise that arose during ceremonies is of recognizing the cascading waves of grace that flow through the universes. And these waves of grace can be also seen as hollow ribbons of light and color. And they move through us and nurture us. And these moving waves reveal that we have not ever left the source. So there is an ideal, and the ideal is that we recall that natural wisdom state, and that is the basis of many of the world's religions, that we come close to God, that we understand, that we live in harmony. The mystic seeks to penetrate the illusion of a separate self, to see that it is indeed a dream of mind's potential unfolding. So that's the talk. And now if you have questions, it is good. Well, no questions, then we can meditate. I have a question. Uh Uh-huh. So when when you speak of the cascading waves of grace, one of the things I think of in the science of mind training that I received at Agape as a practitioner and minister, in science of mind we talk about the spiritual qualities of life, which are grace and peace, harmony, joy, clarity, wisdom, beauty, etc. These spiritual qualities are omnipresent, omnipotent, omniactive, always, I, I kind of think of them as live streaming. And when you say cascading waves of grace, that's what I think of as well, that they are always operating and but our mind will close off the idea that a peace could be omnipresent or that peace could be unconditional and yet we are as you say we've never left the source 
our but our mind is it's like there's a veil that uh we're we're convinced of separation uh, on some level some of us and we're awakening to the remembrance of our oneness um I wonder if you could give us some more ideas of how to work with this idea that the cascading waves of grace are always there and that we can make use of that, access that. On a biological level, the cascading waves of grace are actually light and the 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 waves of energy that move through our galaxies and also the voice of that which is beyond description or sound. And to be aware in our everyday activities of this is to recognize how as we inhale the breath of the trees and the breeze of the plankton that we also exhale and offer something back to the universe. And so a very simple and stable way of staying in touch with the continuing cascading waves of grace is through the breath and considering that as we exhale, we offer a prayer of appreciation. When we inhale, we receive and we give thanks. And so in this way, one becomes more mindful of our connection with the universe and also the power of our body, speech, and mind. Also, on a physiological level, when we um, have had a good night's rest and we wake up and stretch and the cranial sacral pulse is moving and one feels the chi moving in their own body, this is another example of how one may maintain awareness of the continuous grace. This grace is actually information. It's exchange of information and understanding that moves through all of the appearance. And so when you're stuck in a traffic jam, one can consider, ah, many beings moving upon the earth. The energy of the sun has become the power of the vehicle. The energy is a conversation in which we all share. Uh, feeling the warmth of the sun upon the body, uh, giving thanks for the blessing and understanding that each color of the spectrum is supporting an endocrine gland keeping the body-mind whole and well. So mindfulness is a practice. First recognized through the breath, then through observation of the interconnection of many beings. Uh, how is it people are driving down the road and know to move when another car is coming? Um, Basically, we sense and feel one another, especially when we remain well-seated. 
there's a Cherokee expression which basically translated means keeping your seat, where you don't jump out of your body, mind, experience, you stay present. Um, and the meditation is to sit quietly or even as you're at your desk to observe your full attention on what you're doing, your work, and also attention to one's breath. And so then one sees, oh, the breath keeps the mind clear. Through my hands with dedication, activity flows, thought is shared, and may all beings benefit. So even when someone is having a bad day, you think you're having a bad day, one can dedicate, may this experience become medicine and reveal ever more skillful action for myself and others. And may others be free of such discomfort. So you begin to observe the emotions display as energy. Uh, Rather than being carried away, one sees the energy flow and chooses to move with it and allow it to reach the shore. It's like hitting a baseball. A bit of practice. You you see it coming and you prepare yourself and then the ball may take a little curve and it, you may miss it. Then as you play the game more, you hit it more often successfully where you want it to go. In a sense, where you want it to go is a result of where you look when you hit it. Even when you're driving, when you're, and this is almost unconscious, if you look to the side of the road, you your car and you will move to the side of the road. And it's also a good example about uh, cultivating our view. Where do we want to go as human beings? Do we choose a society of uh, like-minded folks working together? Or do we choose to see something different? When we have the vision of, yes, we as human beings may accomplish incredible things, then it is so. Like the architect who has the idea first in the mind and then creates the drawing, and together with all the builders, it is made. So in this way, we are uh, contributing to the appearances that arise around us. And where that source of energy comes from is beyond name. Yet it is a field of energy in which we are all alive. And it is actually within us. So where do we look? 
Do we look towards the horizon of awakened cooperative activity, uh, or do we look and see the problems? The wisdom of particulars is about seeing how we may express the potential understanding that is hidden in what looks like a problem. So the architect he has a vision in mind about how the roof should look and then develops the means and perhaps even a new type of support for that domed roof to be built. So our attention and our willingness to give thanks and to know that we are part of a sacred universe and that there is uh, something of which we are all part, that view contributes to transforming not only confused states and individuals, also in families, clans, nations, even the planet. And in terms of weather, we know that people with their prayers do indeed have an impact on the weather. And in our community, we've conducted experiments where with prayer, dried springs were awakened and now flow. And so with this understanding, it is clear that there is a dynamic relationship of the human being with this field. Um, we call it a great mystery. You can't name, some people call it God, and we say it's beyond name. It has a sound, it has a vibration, and uh, some have spoken that name, that sound. And those are very rare practitioners indeed. And also through in our lives by uh, being careful in our speech and speaking in ways that develop understanding, uh, clarify wisdom, um, bring people together to complete something that is good, like building the architect's vision, then we are applying ourselves in harmony with the universe. Um, love is the magnetism that draws the molecules to the ideal and the people to the manifestation of that ideal. So we can actually consider love as a force, magnetism. And what we magnetize with our speech and view in the relative experience is our lives. And in the ultimate, we have not ever separated from that wisdom state. Yet we, we work to come home. We work to maintain that awareness and to be fully present in all realms. So we're sitting here on the telephone. Some of you may have it on speakerphone. And in the future, people will be listening 
on the computer or their iPod. And the words that are shared now as they touch each person reverberate and reveal that wisdom that is within. Funny thing about photons and electrons, when you look at them, they try to be still. When you turn away, they move like a wave. And so to look with the small vision, we see not much. When we experience with our heart and we cultivate the activity of compassion, of speaking truth, of energizing wisdom, of polishing our own minds, continually learning, then we recognize more of who we are. Could I uh, ask for clarification on a couple of points that you mentioned before? Yep. Um, you mentioned that the healing is the, uh, when we have a traumatic experience, the healing is to integrate that part that split off. I guess it was important. You said to forgive the shock was the first step, and then the second was to energize. I didn't quite catch that part. To energize one's unity to reintegrate those memories, that experience, into the whole system. Okay. And then um, you said about spinning. You said, like, if we do spinning, like the Sufi spinning, we can change the spin of our molecules? That's right. How do we know how to spin so that we can increase the raise the vibration? And the, I mean, is there like a are there multiple ways to spin, or how do we? Uh, one one simple way to spin is to put your hand over your heart and your other hand up in the air and give thanks. I feel love. I feel. May that light of love and joy fully express its mystery through my activity. And so the spinning, first slowly, turning around, or even in a circle dance, uh, then one begins to allow gravity and collected views to fall away. And another source of awareness becomes apparent. Okay, thank you. Um, like little children. Have you noticed how little kids, when they sometimes they decide just to start spinning? Yeah. Uh, because they're, they're momentarily remembering great joy and uh, they're recreating it. Does it matter whether you spin clockwise or counterclockwise? Um, both have significance. In terms of building energy, it's clockwise. And then to recognize what is, it's counterclockwise. To and recognize to, what is, you said? Yeah, to recognize what is and to stabilize. 
So someone is uh, making a dance for uh, appreciation and invitation of the rain, then they're spinning counterclockwise. If someone is giving a prayer and a dance that the earth and the people be energized with the remembrance of their sacred potential, then count then clockwise. Okay. Um, and then one one last question. When you mentioned about the water, about giving um, appreciation for the water, that the water then in our that water that we take in and the water in our bodies is able to get the in original instructions? Yes. But, okay, could you clarify or expand more on what you mean by the original instructions? Yes. It is said in many native, at least in woodland cultures, that every being has original instructions. Those original instructions are encoded. It's, it's often described as encoded in the blood. And now we can say it is uh, through the vibrating strands of the DNA that we all are resonant with the very beginning. So it's not necessarily like our like divine blueprint sort of thing, or just it's... Uh... It is a divine blueprint, and it's the divine within every being. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Mhm. This is Carrie. Could you could you explain again about the spinning? So, um, if I'm if I'm turning toward my right arm, is that clockwise? Yes. And and is that for uh, appreciation of what is? It's for building. For building. For building bridges. For building strength for building understanding and pathways of communication. And counterclockwise is recognition of what is. Thank you. And what that means is when you make a prayer for rain, you're appreciating the rain that falls. You are not asking, give me rain. You are giving appreciation of the rain that falls. So there's no distinction between the falling rain and oneself in the moment. And that's the, that's the um, counterclockwise turn. Yeah. Okay. Simply put, there, there are so many... Uh, varieties, because also then when you place your arms on a diagonal, so as you're turning and you have your right arm moving diagonally and your left arm behind you, uh, then you're accessing um, fifth and seventh uh, dimensions because you're aligning yourself with the magnetic field of the earth and the, the heliosphere of the sun and its impact and relationship to us as dreamers in the solar system. 
And so like crystals, they receive light. Uh, if you send a beam of light through the center of the crystal, there's one result if you send it, uh, and the result uh, can change the orientation of the electron spin. And then you can send the beam of light on a diagonal through the crystal, and it will amplify what is there to be seen and understood. Is that TMI? <laughs> uh, I would probably have to hear it a couple more times to absorb it, but um, it's a good place to start. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Venerable, um, I was reading not too long ago some teachings of the Buddha where he said that there were actually uh, 33. And I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit. That there are 33 dimensions or 33 worlds? I thought he said dimensions, but maybe I misread it. Um, Or maybe the translation was not correct. I don't know. Well, it might have been translated into dimensions. I have seen texts where also the Buddha speaks of uh, 33 worlds where the the matter has different attributes. And uh, when people meditate, uh, especially when you have a vision like in the meditations with Guru Padmasambhava, one actually enters the mandala and the place. And it is uh, not far from here, yet it is uh, beyond the map and beyond the telescope. So the, there are, first of all, there are other living beings. There are uh, other humanoids and not-so-humanoids that uh, live in some of these worlds. And also, uh, as spiritual teachers continue in their practice, as spiritual beings continue in their practice, uh, one has access to these worlds. And some of them are extraordinarily different. There are there's a world where people think whatever is needed and it's instantly manifest. And people people share uh, through their meditation time. And there is another world where it is they still have remnants of technology. And so they generate the energy for that technology through meditation. Because they understand that all appearances are projections of the mind. And their hearts resonate with the awareness of our unity and the joy of exploration. And there are some worlds that uh, that don't seem so 
um, supportive of life as we know it. Whose very vibration can disturb the integrity of the atomic structure of the domains that most humans are conversant within. Are some of those for uh, what the protective practices are for? Yes. Yes, the protective practices uh, keep those um, worlds from colliding and keep the fabric closed. And the fabric is ripped in the field uh, basically through um, unkind energy, explosive energy. Explosions give life in terms of the sun and also when the motivation is without uh, love as we know it, then it can cause harm. And also when you are aware of these worlds, some of them, it's not that they're somewhere else, they're someone else. Venerable, a, a related question I've been um, thinking to ask you is, some of the folks on the call, like me, have been studying A Course in Miracles, and that teaching and other teachings put forth this idea that the script has already been written. Uh, and I wonder if you could speak to that and what you can tell us about that. I also... Uh, want to make sure everybody understands that you can use your self-mute button or um, star six if you don't have a mute button on your phone for when you're not posing a question. But this idea that the script has already been written, <clears throat> if, I wonder if you could speak to to that. In terms of script being written, you can say that there are there are agreed laws of the physics of the universe, and they are changing. And we are careful with the idea of it all being written, because then one may forget that each one has a choice. If we thought it was all written, what would be the motivation to improve ourselves as human beings? That would give an opportunity for getting pretty lazy uh, when, we con <laughs> when we consider that what is written is a song and we're vibrating and creating harmonies within that song. And ultimately, as the song changes key, we move into other dimensions.
And it also has a relationship with time. Mm-hmm. Um, and our perception of it. Um, as a young girl, when it was time to go to school, that meant coming to the city. Didn't really like that very much. And uh, one night I was very upset about that. And a woman came to me. And she spoke to me about how wonderful it is to be here and look at all of the things you can explore. And all those books will show you of many ways of thinking and observing the universe. And so I then reconciled myself with the fact that, okay, we're going to be here for a while. And then I kept looking for her, and occasionally she would pop up and um, say something inspiring to me. And uh, I actually began to think of her, oh, she's a teacher. She's, I want to find her. She's my teacher. And there were, and I would experiment throwing the net of the mind out. And I reached a community in Turkey. And we seemed to have real resonance and conversation of the heart. And uh, someone from that group was a biophysical research society. Um, they sent uh, the head of the group to go find this woman because I told them, here's where I live. Um, and they got there after we sold the house and moved to the city, and they had the good fortune at a conference. He had the good fortune at a conference to meet a colleague of mine who then said, oh, you're describing the honey. This is her phone number. And uh, as soon as I heard his voice, I said, oh, so you really did listen and you came. How wonderful. And then I went to back to Turkey and to visit with those communities. And uh, it was almost like visiting, you know, coming home. Although I didn't speak the language, our hearts met and the little boys dancing just made me laugh. And it was pretty wonderful. And from there we went on to India and uh, we were climbing in the Himalayas and the ground began to shake and huge boulders were falling down and many people were crushed. And I happened, I said, I didn't come this far to die. I haven't found her yet. And I happened to look at my arm and the clothing that I wore was actually hand woven by the ladies of the village and the lace that trimmed the arms it was natural white cotton all. And the lace that trimmed the arms was also handmade. And in that moment, I said, that looks like what she was wearing. That looks like her hand. That looks like, that looks like her hands. That looks like what she wears. And then I realized, oh, that was me. So sometimes you inspire yourself from the future. Just as easily as we can hear the voices of the past, which in a sense are echoes resounding in our DNA and then in the cultural view and familial patterns, 
we also visit ourselves from the future. My friend Mark Anthony. Mm-hmm. Say that I was, again. I was just going to say, my friend Mark Anthony Lord, whom you've met, he has the, he's the minister from Chicago, and he had that experience when his, in his twenties. He wrote about this in one of his books, where he was feeling suicidal, and he was in his dorm room at college, and feeling suicidal, hopeless, and. He had an experience where his future self appeared to him and said, don't give up. You can't believe how great it's going to get. You must hang in there. I'm telling you, I'm your future self. You must stay the course. It's going to get really, really good. Mm -hmm. And he said that when he reached the age of that future self, in his meditation one day, he had an experience where he suddenly was propelled into the past, into the dorm room, and he said he just remembered exactly the smell that it had and all these things, and now he was sitting in the other chair facing his younger suicidal self. Yes. So how can we make use of that, our other selves, to inspire healing and confidence and courage and strength now? By settling into the heart right now and to understand that like waves we move through time and dimensions and that wisdom is our natural state. And when immersed in the suffering of the moment, dedicate the experience that one learns and that others may learn as well. And then also replace the experience of suffering with what is the ideal? What is the ideal that one wishes to manifest in their lives? Um, it, at the beginning, you mentioned that we shouldn't make um, something like promises you can't keep or make commitments that you don't follow through on because part of you goes through to that even though you haven't finished it. Yes. Is there, would you recommend that we do something just like with the traumatic incident to sort of call back that energy to integrate it in with ourselves? Or what do we do with unfinished projects or un, un, loose ends? With those loose ends, you want to gather them and say this exploration has uh, been completed or I will continue this exploration in another way. Okay. Thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. We can experiment in the field as we sit here, each one of us a luminous being, aware of vibrating threads of the universe, conveying information 
let us hear the voice of the sun. observing the photons moving through this gift of the human body. Observe the photons as they flow through the DNA. Exchanging information, wisdom, love, understanding a universal, multiverse conversation. All this happening within.
how wonderful and precious the gifts of life. Serve the pulse we breathe with the earth, with the sun, with our galaxy. all beings in this and all worlds have happiness and the causes of happiness and may they not be separated from joy awareness settling to the heart there the energy within we are thankful Wisdom potential in every being flourish and grows, coming forward a skillful action. Those who are hungry have food, and may those who wander as refugees find their way home. Where there are those who are lonely, may they find friends and sanctuaries. This bountiful universe sustains all beings. Wado.
Wado, thank you so much, Venerable. It's always a joy and a pleasure, these conversations. <laughs> where I, I do sense and feel people, uh, those who are listening now or just participating now and those who are beyond the horizon. Uh, it is a wonderful technology that reminds us of our telepathy and that we are indeed connected. Yes, we get to transcend time and space through technology. Uh-huh. And we continue this conversation in the light. You can revisit, and um, there's actually a, a place in space and time where we meet in the light, and you can, uh, we can continue this conversation there. Yes. Thank you again. You're welcome, and I see each of you in the light. See you in the light. Yes. Good night. Good night, Wado. Good night.